Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt, Tommy, and a special guest, Katie Fairman. The band is back together, Katie Fairman, for an exclusive special Formula E audio podcast performance. You are here to join us to chat about some Formula E. We've got the new season coming up. How excited are you about all of that and also to be chatting with us once again? Well, of course, I'm most excited to be back on the pod. So thank you very much, guys, for having me on. But I am also extremely excited about Formula E. It's the 10th season. That's gone by so quickly. And we've got an amazing grid with incredible teams, some fantastic locations. And it's going to be a season to remember. Oh, look at that. Straight, at that. just rolled off the tongue. So what a pro. <laughs> I mean, goodness me. You can tell that you've really sort of progressed since you stopped talking waffle with us you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually talking facts and information and stuff now rather than just washed opinions yeah not just washed opinions every other word. although i might still do that who knows yeah, bring the hun good. out bring the hun out um so we are of course going to talk about formula e today because we've got some racing coming up okay on the 13th of january the mexico city e prix and it's very very exciting this weekend um and we brought Katie in because not only you know, do we do we love her to pieces, but also the fact is she is a Formula E wheel knowledge guru. I think that's fair to say. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm the biggest fraud out there. <laughs> this is actually a fraud quiz, isn't it, Tommy? This is okay. we're going to test to see. Yeah, there'll be a Formula E quiz at the end that I've not told you about. Oh no! Uh, and you better oh, get a hundred out of a hundred. There's a hundred questions. A <laughs> hundred uh, questions. Yeah, yeah. So good luck. Okay. So, Katie, uh, I think first and foremost, I think everyone want, will want to know, how are you? What are you getting up to? What are you doing? What are your plans? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? And everything else in between. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So I have been doing stuff with Formula E. So I'm a championship writer for them, which is an amazing opportunity. I've also been doing stuff in the F1 paddock with Sports Illustrated, interviewing some drivers that you might have heard of. And uh, yeah, just generally keeping myself busy. I also have a podcast called Small Talk. I'm going to do a little shout out there. And when I'm not doing that, I'm listening to the P1 podcast religiously because I am your number one fan. <laughs> Wait, Look at that. Said. Was not paid. Was not paid no. to hashtag, say that. Hashtag ad. I was almost <laughs> going to wear my P1 merch ad. as well. But then you said it was audio only, so it's fine. So you did the shout out. No, no, sh no, you are wearing it, aren't you? Oh, wink, yeah. It's wink, so comfy, nudge, this nudge. hoodie that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lovely hoodie, though. <laughs> there you go. No, I love that. I love that. Thank you, Katie. Uh, so, Formula E, we, we asked for some questions from you beautiful people listening uh, at home or wherever you might be, in the gym or falling asleep. There's plenty of different listeners that we have on the P1 podcast. Um, so I think we should start with the basics, which comes in from P1 Patreon member Art Ludens. Is it worth watching? If so, why? Why, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's very much worth watching. If you're a fan of motorsport, so that's good racing, great race tracks that we go to, then you can't ask for much more than Formula E. Yes, it's slightly different in the sense that it's electric, so the racing is much more sustainable, and some of the locations are different to what you see on the F1 calendar. But 
the places that we go to are epic. The driver, the caliber of drivers that's in Formula E. I know lots of people say, oh, it's just people that didn't make it into Formula One. That might be the case, but it still means the talent is so, so high. And the racing is always entertaining. It's always chaotic. If you're tired of watching the same guy starting a race from pole, going off into the distance and winning, and there not being much excitement, then turn on Formula E and you will not be disappointed. It is oh. true. It is true. I mean, I think the I think the best thing about it from even the watch lungs we did last year was the fact that it's so different to Formula One and there'll always be that comparison to Formula One of like, is it like this? Is it like that? But I enjoy the fact that it's not the same thing. Like it is, it doesn't need to be Formula One. The fact that it is different, that you've got these different things uh, as part of it and you know, the cars are so close. Like some of the races we watched, like we did a couple of watch-alongs last year. And there are a lot of people on the watch-alongs being like, I've never watched this before. This is this is mad. And particularly like you said, Katie, when we're all used to the same person winning in Formula 1 all the time and then you get to watch a, a Formula E race and then we're going, 16th could win this race and there's only five laps yeah. to go. It's, it's, it's actually bonkers a lot of the time. For me, it was when we were watching, uh, as we were doing our watch-alongs last year and it was just chaotic. There was uh, so much going on, uh, such a variety in in circuits. And I think, you know, Tommy, you make a good point about it being compared and this, that and the other. But there are very minimal clashes with Formula One anyway. So my 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 thinking is, why not just watch both? If If you like racing and you want to see a slight difference there as well. Like for me, qualifying is is awesome. The jewels. The music, the soundtrack that goes with it. I, I am absolutely hyped beyond belief when, when the jewels start coming on and you see, you know, and it's that one lap sort of one shot qualifying, which I miss as a qualifying format. Uh, but of course, Formula E, has, Formula e has adapted it in a way that is really exciting and I, I'd say modern as well. Um, and then, of course, you haven't, <laughs> sometimes qualifying doesn't really matter because, as Tommy says, the top 16 could all be fighting for the win. Um, so it, there is that excitement there as well. So, yeah, I would say why even bother comparing? And yes, it is worth watching. Hell I mean, yeah. you talk about qualifying, like something from last year, Monaco is notoriously difficult for people to overtake at. Yet last year, Nick Cassidy won that race. And I think he started like ninth or 10th and still went on to win. Like it just proves that... It's such a tactical game, like strategy is such an important factor in Formula E. There are no kind of mandatory pit stops that you have to do. So you've got to be really clever with how you work out your strategy. Um, and yeah, it's it's awesome. I really hope people do give it a go this year. Next question comes in from Random SG2. Why does it race exclusively at street circuits? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't anymore, it doesn't. does it? The, the no. FE have started to branch their way <laughs> out into some other new tracks. For me, you know, personally, it's great to see the Monaco's on the list, but there's also other very different characteristics to track on the calendar this year. There are. The first race that we go to is in Mexico City, and hopefully that's a circuit that everybody's familiar with because it's the Autodromo Romanes Rodriguez where F1 go to. But it is a slightly shorter layout, and I know I'm biased better because I'm layout. on a Formula E podcast talking about Formula E, but it is, it is a better layout. 
So yeah, we're also going to locations like Masano this year, which is a brand new one on the calendar in Italy. Um, we're not going to Rome anymore as a street circuit, but Masano known for hosting bike racing. We also go to the Portland International Raceway in America, which is known for hosting IndyCar. So like you say, Matt, Formula E is branching out. We still have the, the street circuits that you, you know and love, but it's not just street circuits anymore because these cars are getting so fast as well. That's another thing you need to consider is that sometimes you do need a bit of a bigger space for these show, these cars to show their, their full potential. It's pretty much 50-50 now if you look at the, the calendar because, like you say, when we started, the cars were a lot slower and they obviously had to have a lot of braking zones uh, to you know, charge up the, the batteries and stuff. Whereas now they can race on these circuits. And I think, I think I, re- I really like that there's a good mix now um, of both uh, because, and I can't believe you didn't mention, mention this one, Matt's favorite, Shanghai International Circuit mm. is going to be on the calendar. That is, that's going to be really fascinating to see uh, a race there in Formula E cars, I think. Imagine 16 cars battling for the win there that'd be mad i love how we're saying 16 like that's the limit like no more no more than 16 will fight for the win <laughs> 22 cars in the grid but only whole, 16 fight the whole grid <laughs> yeah uh, at some points but but yes shanghai of course as well Look, i didn't I, I always bring it up tommy and i'm glad that someone else did because it, it was in the back of my mind and i was like no i'm out. not going to be a fanboy i'm gonna let tommy say it and then thankfully you you tuned into my brainwaves and yes some shanghai international circuit love is going out there and I can't wait to see how, how the cars do uh, over there. Um, next question is from P1 Patreon member Jacob Flo. Are all the cars equal in performance? They are not. So they all look the same. The Gen 3 is the third generation of car. So they all have similar chassis or the same chassis, similar brakes, but teams also have different powertrains. So you've got somebody like Porsche supplying themselves and Andretti. You've also got Jaguar supplying the likes of Envision and their own team. And actually what's super interesting is last year, the um, like... Well, like, like the customer teams ended up beating the main teams themselves. So we had Andretti going and winning the drivers' championship with Jake Dennis, and Envision actually won the constructors or the teams' championship ahead of Jaguar. So it just proves that because you've been given a, a powertrain by somebody else, doesn't mean that you're on the disadvantage to the main team there. Um, but there's also so much software that goes into these cars. That's a big thing and makes it a really intricate piece of kit to understand. So there's lots of things that teams can do sort of underneath the car that can make them more competitive than maybe the team next to them in the garage. Uh, so yeah, there's it's not just a spec series, which is a really common misconception about Formula E. There is lots of things that can be done to make these cars behave differently, make them more efficient, that kind of stuff. But then it has the good advantage of someone not being five seconds down the road every lap. Yeah. Five <laughs> seconds, yeah, that would be that would be quite quite the astronomical advantage. Uh, even even your boy doesn't have that that much of an advantage. But um, but not till, not till this year. It is interesting how you know the powertrain sort of race that happens in Formula E doesn't necessarily just because someone might have a really good powertrain one or you know set up one weekend doesn't mean it'll be good the next weekend. Like you hear teams and drivers talking about, oh, it's actually you know this team's really got it suited for this particular track, but then you go to another another circuit is completely different. And of course, with how we're speaking about um, the circuits of FE becoming more variable and having different kind of characteristics, it means that 
some teams can come to the front out of nowhere sometimes and and give us this this sort of surprise winner definitely yeah there were lots of instances of that last year i mean we had at the first few races that Porsche powertrain seemed to be the one to go for. Jake Dennis won in Mexico and then Pascal Verlein did the double in Diria, winning both of those races. And so everyone was like, oh, Porsche, they're the guys to beat this year. And then you had the likes of Jaguar and Envision who suddenly found themselves winning eight races last year. So there's a real mix. And like you say, you can go into each weekend not knowing who's going to be the one to beat, which is super exciting. Next question comes in, and this is more specifically about season 10. Uh, D. Michi173. How well do you think Nick DeVries will readapt to Formula E, particularly now with the Gen 3 cars? Of course, he was a Formula E champion, then came to Formula 1 for a brief stint, now back in FE. I don't personally see it's going to be too difficult for him. What do you think, Katie? Well, the Gen 3 cars are very difficult to drive. That's one thing that I've learned from last year, which was the first year of Gen 3. So we're in the second year now for season 10. So I think that it's naturally going to take him a bit of time to adapt to these cars. Also, Mahindra as a team didn't have the strongest year in season nine. They really struggled. It started off well. Lucas Degrassi got pole position for that first race in Mexico and a podium. But from there, they kind of fell away. So Mahindra will have been working really hard over the winter break, summer break. It's kind of not the same as an F1 break, but from the summer until now to make sure that that car is back to being competitive. Um, but I don't ready to get this completely wrong, but I don't think we're going to see Nick, you know, right up there winning races back on the podium straight away, uh, maybe towards the second half of the year. But I think that it's going to take him a little bit of time to to learn his way around these cars. But I know that he's a talented driver and I'm happy to have him back in Formula E. So I'm excited to see what he can do with it. Cue him winning every race when we hear the Dutch national anthem after. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, all year round <laughs> yeah imagine no, i think he'll obviously do do well but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see like like you say that, that he's going into a series where like the car has changed so dramatically so that's probably going to be one of the most interesting sort of driver moves not the only you know not the only drivers of the gen 3 car yeah uh, when you said the about end. the difficult to drive i was like yeah i agree i almost binned it <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's let's get to that question uh, before we dive into a few more questions about season 10, which came in from Lou15H. How was getting to drive the Gen 3 car? Did they let you drive it at full power? Not for Tommy, because uh, they had one look at him and said, ah, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it, it, I think it was slightly down on power, don't get me wrong, but the, mainly just for our own safety, to be honest with you, because uh, you will have seen uh, that the video is now live. We've put the video up on YouTube. If you want to go and watch myself and Tommy attempt to drive a gen three car uh you'll see that we're both obviously still here so that's a good sign um but uh go and watch that because it was uh it was very fun and how was it it was unbelievable wasn't it tommy it was uh it was yeah very it was quick to very quick to kind of happen so obviously there was everything that was going on that, that particular week with testing and then there was a very small window of a slot time for us we went out did it and it was over and it was like oh my god yeah it was it was crazy how quickly it kind of came about and then which i think helped because i was so incredibly nervous that when we got to the circuit it was just kind of like i was in the car and it's like okay i have to drive this now um and then it was just once i was in it was like being a, 
a kid in a candy store just being like this is so much fun um and yeah just like an unbelievable experience and gives you the kind of uh, it, i i definitely like there's something about being in a open cockpit car that just makes you feel like you're in a video game or like a spaceship or something. and the cars look like spaceships anyway the way they're kind of designed and it's like it's a really cool looking car so yeah it was just absolutely awesome so go check out the video because you were and there about... katie but you got ill and you couldn't yeah. you couldn't <laughs> wave a little p1 rage. flag I was so ready to be there and be your cheerleader, but there was, uh, yeah, I was being unwell in a hotel room somewhere. So unfortunate, but it's fine. I can't wait to watch the video or have already watched the video by the time this is live. I'm sure I'll watch it as soon as it goes out. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was um, a shame to not have you there, Katie, but uh, you will see in the video, there's a particular moment where Tommy thought he was Michael Schumacher and decided to uh, absolutely send it, didn't you, Tommy, on the... On acceleration, yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, I'm sure a lot of you will enjoy uh, him negotiating a little swapper. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I had a little swapper as well, which was very fun. Uh, the the instant talk is is something that is very difficult to get your head around. Um, so look, if Nick DeVries struggles, myself and Tommy are here for a call up. No problem. Right, so back to some questions. Um, quite a few of you asked, what track are we most excited for? Uh, now, you think that I would have said China, but I'm actually going to say Monaco because we're going to be there. Katie, what, what's your most excited track? Well, we've got some really cool additions. I mentioned Masano. That's going to be a new one. So I'm intrigued to see how that works for the Formula E cars. Um, but London is always a really good one. That's our season finale. And that's such an unusual track because it's half indoors, half outdoors. And last year, although it's British summertime, you cannot rely on the weather being nice and sunny because it absolutely chucked it down. And it was chaos because we had cars coming in from the outside where it was torrential rain, going into a dry track that had an extremely grippy surface. It was mayhem. But Monaco is always a really good one. And, you know, you get the comparisons to F1, but the championship doesn't mind. The drivers don't care. Like they were begging for it to be the full layout when we used to have it as half of it. So we didn't go up Sandoval or anything like that to the casino. Uh, it would just continue along near the harbor there. Um, but that's always a really good one. We're going back to China, as you mentioned. We've got Tokyo as a location. There are so many cool places to go. I am really looking forward to Mexico City, but it's going to be, you've been there with F1, haven't you? I'm quite intrigued by like the altitude and how that's going to be, but oh, I God. hope steps, steps are, are a killer. You know, you just go up a flight of stairs and you, usually you fly up them and then you're like, oh my God, where's the air? Like, oh, <gasps> no. so it's, it is quite an interesting, um, yeah, it is an interesting place and it should be, it should be really cool to see the cars go around there. Um, but as you mentioned with London, like that was, that was mental watching that because that was one of the watch alongs that we did and just seeing the, the, the dry to wet, like that must have been, wait, it can't, it can't not be the weirdest race in terms of having it half dry, half wet at pretty much the whole time. Cause there was red flags as well, wasn't there? Whilst they were waiting for the, yeah. the rain to die down because it was so torrential, uh, shock London, uh, and at that time of year, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, at all times of the year, isn't London really with with rain? But it was it was so weird. But obviously, some people listening might be going, "Well, how did they how did they cope with that?" Obviously, with their tires, that they're they're able to deal with with all conditions. They're not running slicks, and they weren't running slicks uh, in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean, Hankook, who are the tire suppliers for Gen three, they just have one tire. 
So, you know, you, you don't come in for a set of intermediates or a set of mediums or whatever, like you have an F1, you've got the one tire and then that's it. So it was a really difficult challenge for those drivers and ended up, as you mentioned, being red flagged. And actually, I think it was the longest race in Formula E history, which what a one for you to pick to do a watch long on. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> yeah, it was mental. It was, long. <laughs> it was a long oh, old break. Um, next question comes in from P1 Patreon member Sir Bacon the Sixth. Do you think the championship will be decided in the final race again? I mean, for me, I would literally put all of my money on there being a championship decider between here and the, the last ever Formula E season because it it always seems to happen. <laughs> it really does. I mean, last year, Jake Dennis uh, sealed the title in the penultimate race because his championship rival, Nick Cassidy, ended up having a contact with his teammate, which was... Oh, the biggest drama ever. It should have gone down um, to the wire though, shouldn't it? Like it was lit- it, it was heartbreaking to see that contact. It was in was that in Rome, wasn't it? That that happened and there was the contact between Buemi and Cassidy in London. Um but yeah, of course. like Cassidy yes. also yeah, had yeah, his own there was contact in, for Cassidy in Rome, Rome. With Mitch Evans. And then there was contact was again. Now for they're him. now teammates. Oh, that was it, yeah. The Buemi uh, Cassidy incident, I was like, what are they doing? Their teammates just let him through. And then it was it was over, wasn't it? But I guess that still technically kind of counts as a yeah. championship final weekend, I suppose. It was the final it? round. So, yeah. Um, but no, I think the way that these championship goes, we not, it normally ends up going down to the wire. I mean, we had it in season two, it would have been, which was also in London. And that was equally as controversial. You had Buemi and Degrassi. And it was a final race. And then they ended up making contact going into like the first or second corner. So there's always some sort of drama that goes and happens towards the end of a season because you really can't predict who's going to be winning the races. So, yeah, get yourself to London, guys. It's where the action is at. It's going to be wicked. Uh, and Tommy's still not back. I'm not so on commission, instead, by the I'm way. going to do an answer. <laughs> I'm going to do an answer for Tommy. Oh, yes, I, I think Formula E is fantastic. I know that it's going to go down to the final corner in the final race. Thanks, Tommy. Right, next question. Uh, Mr. Idiot comes in with top three reasons to watch Formula E in 2024. I'll let you start, Katie. Oh, I probably should have put some things down for this. I'm going to say the locations. I know I keep going on about it, but I think that where it's a world championship, we go to all sorts of places. So... They're really cool. We go to Sao Paulo as well, which is another one that I'm looking forward to. Not to Interlagos, but still Sao Paulo itself is always a beautiful city. Um, so that's my first reason to watch. <laughs> and you and, and is that want, it? Is oh, that do all, you want all of doing, them? I thought we were going to take oh, one we each. One? I can oh, go through all of okay, them. Okay, let's take one each. That's no, fine. Tommy's actually returned to the podcast now, which is fantastic. Uh, Grace is clearly, what did she have to say about her favourite track, Tommy? Because I know that's why she was screaming. She was annoyed that you said Monaco because she's a Monaco hater. Okay, not, I've not I've not helped her out uh, properly. Uh, we carried on the podcast because we thought yeah, yeah, we'd, just, we'd just roll with it, you know. Whilst uh, you know, tended to to Grace, we can only afford Tommy for two thirds uh, of this season. Unfortunately, he has to uh, go at all times. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's a reason that you would watch Formula E in twenty twenty four? The one reason uh, would be yeah, the fact I'll, that we're doing one each unpredictability of racing which i imagine you may have already said um, no, no 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 okay perfect um yeah the unpredictability of the racing the fact that you it might even be like we were saying earlier 
two or three laps to go and you still have no idea who's going to win. Um, I think that's the most enjoyable part for me about it. Okay, cool. So you've taken two of the top reasons. Fair enough. Uh, unpredictability and locations. For me, I think it would have to be uh, competitiveness. So just, which kind of ties in a little bit with unpredictability, but just in the sense of it usually goes down to the wire each race, not just the championship, but there's it's a very f- close fight for the win uh, in most Grand Prix. If a driver drives away from the pack, you're like, okay, wow, this is this is an unbelievable performance because, of course, the driver at the front usually has to save a bit more energy just purely because they're dragging the train along. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say that there's plenty of things that you have to think about as well in terms of strategy and using attack mode at the right times. And, yeah, so that would be my reason uh, to watch Formula E in 2024, which ties in beautifully with the final question, which is Joris Wessels 1, which is, is Matt and Tommy doing, or are Matt and Tommy doing some watch parties for the Formula E season. Yes, we are. We are doing seven, seven Twitch watch-alongs as well as some other bits and bobs across the season uh, so that we can enjoy uh, a lot of that with you guys, which is going to be very exciting. We're going to be out in Monaco and we're going to be out uh, for one of the days in London as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yacht. How Passing yeah, on Katie's yacht, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every so year I make it my uh, mission to get onto a yacht in Monaco. And every year I've done it, so follow me if you want to have a party. Every year you've done it. I mean, that is that is the biggest wow. flex I've ever heard. <laughs> That's we'll what be I've actually been you doing in Monaco then. In my own time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this will be the uh, t- Tommy. You should know that us three being together at a Grand Prix weekend, it just doesn't go down well. So I think that'd be the one Any time weekend, Katie doesn't yeah. get onto a yacht if we go anywhere near her. Apologise in advance if that happens, Katie. We'll be on a dinghy or something. I mean, <laughs> we've all, yeah, that's, that's a pretty big sob story to that if you don't end up in a yacht in Monaco. Like, <laughs> the, the, the listeners will feel very sorry for you. Smallest violin in the world. <laughs> the smallest violin in the world. Uh, and that pretty much wraps up our Formula E sort of preview chat ahead of the season. We thought it would be a nice thing to do a little podcast to bring back Katie uh, to throw back to some some good times and um, it's been great to have you back on the podcast or back doing a podcast together, Katie. Um, let me, let me throw to you and what are your final thoughts, please? <gasps> no way. Oh my God. My final thoughts are, I'm very, very, very proud of what you boys have done. And, you know, I listen to every podcast and I'm just brimming with pride at what P1 has achieved. So well done, and I love you lots. Oh, stop oh, it! How has Katie done the best final thoughts since P one has been produced, Tommy? How <laughs> has she? How has she? How has she done you in after one final thoughts? That's crazy. What are your final thoughts, Tommy? My final thoughts are: it's been great to have. Well, while we're doing the whole lovey dovey stuff, been great to have you back on, Katie, and you know, flexing your. Formula E wheel knowledge, and I can't wait to um, join you on on the yacht for Monaco. <laughs> That's a promise now, isn't it? That's turned into a promise. So we will, we will see you there. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been great to have you on. Um, and uh, yeah, whatever, Tommy. And we will see you very soon, everybody. Formula E starts this weekend, uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing you Go over. Watch it. Yeah, 
it'd be amazing. So tune in, all right? And we'll see you very soon. And go watch the YouTube video of us driving a Formula E car as well, because it was great. All right, lots of love. Thanks, Katie, again. Bye. 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 P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.